Here we go. Episode number 36 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo. Along with me, I have John Michael Masiri. JM, how are you? I am doing fantastic. I am, As you should. I had a great weekend, besides the Jets. But my Yankees are doing good, feeling good. And hopefully, uh, you know, we get this everything done this week. And we're playing uh, baseball at Yankee Stadium uh, on Tuesday. I mean, the Jets, it's kind of expected. You know, it's at least the Yankees, you know, gave you a nice week. Um, Mm. We're going to get to them in a little bit. They're playing Toronto right now. Hopefully they're wrapped up in a little bit with a victory. Um, Our football teams, like you just said, though, they don't fail to disappoint us. Nope. You know, especially with the Giants, I guess you could say the same thing about the Jets. The Giants, they're good at something. You know what they're good at? Losing, mm. they, they, they find there. they find different ways to lose, and it's funny, right? Whether it's a dropped pass or a dropped interception or a missed tackle, that all them crucial parts in the game, in which if they make the play, they win the game, right? They decide not to make it, so they're just finding new ways to lose. They do it again with a dropped interception in the end zone, but so I, I I was numb to it. You know, the the, the Washington loss hurt more. It hurt a lot more. I don't know why, but it's just – I didn't feel anything. I was like, whatever. Season's mm-hmm. done. At least I can accept it, you know? Well, because those kinds of losses are, like, the pathetic ones. You're just kind of like – that's what happens. You just become numb to it. You're like, all right, this is what it is. We suck. This is what this team is. And it's- that's, like, the way you cope with it. You're just like you, – you go into that, like, I don't care. The Reds uh, – the football team lost was worse because you were so emotionally invested into that game, and you, the way it ended, you were just like, oh, my God, that's such a heartbreaker. Um, but, yeah, with the They Falcons also played game, very well in that game. Right, the, the Falcons did. game, you're supposed to win that game. You're favored. You're at home. You're playing a, a subpar Falcons team. And the fact that you lose that game, you're just like, yeah, exactly. You just become numb to it. You're like, all right, we suck. Let's let's start there. On Eli's day, they retire the number. He's in the ring of honor. It's a great day. And they lose 17 to 14 on a game-winning field goal by Young Way Koo. Mm. Said it right. All right. Yep. Uh, it was brutal. I can't pinpoint a reason why they lost. Like, other than the fact that maybe the play calling was terrible, like there's no reason why they lost this game. Right. They like there's there's nobody to blame other than Jason Garrett for me. I I I, I go back. I watch a little bit of the game. Like they moved the ball. Yeah, they didn't hold on to it too long. They didn't have a lot of long drives. But Jones played pretty well. I thought they ran the ball okay. I, it was just a weird game. It was a weird game to lose. It was a bad game to lose, and it effectively ended their season. Yeah, and um, you know, Jason Garrett's taken a lot of criticism this year, and I think rightfully so. I mean, I think his play calling, like you said, has been suspect. Um, and you know, this is a hire where you got a guy with already a tarnished reputa- reputation from Dallas, um, but that was in a head coach role, and you thought, you know, uh, a former quarterback himself, and you know, a slightly decreased role uh, as you know, take a step back as a coordinator and not being a head coach and having to control the whole team, handle the media and whatnot, that this would be a bit of a a better signing. But when you look at Daniel Jones, specifically his numbers since Shermer has left and they brought in Jason Garrett to call plays really has been worse. I mean, at least Jones's rookie year, 
when, you know, we, we, we were not sure about his turnover problems. You know, he had a lot of fumbles and he threw, threw some interceptions, but he showed a lot of flashes. I think his rookie year, he had that five touchdown game against the, the football team. And he had his NFL debut against the bucks where he threw for four. He was running all over the field. Just, he hasn't come close to a game like that since Garrett has been here. And I think part of the blame has to go to Garrett close. The closest thing he, he came to was uh, against the football team in week two, but you know, Daniel Jones's strengths, two of them are using his legs. He can run and throwing the deep ball. He can throw the deep ball and the giants did it once on the first drive of the game. And they didn't really have any designed runs at all for him. No RPOs, nothing. I don't know if the offense can't, you know, was too advanced for them, uh, the RPOs, but at least some designed runs, some read options with Barkley. You got to use his strengths. They're not playing to him. And you're right. Shermer, Pat Shermer, I disliked him. I didn't think he was a very good coach. I think he's a great coordinator. He's showing that in Denver actually right now, but he liked Josh Allen and he wanted Josh Allen badly, according to reports. They drafted Barkley. So when Gettleman, you know, wanted to draft a quarterback in the draft after that, he he went to Shermer and Shermer was like, This kid works in my offense. And we saw that. It, he worked very well. He played well. And everybody called for Shermer's head, including myself. I didn't want him to be back. He just wasn't, you know, good enough to lead a team. But his offense worked. You're 100 percent right. I wish they could bring him back as a coordinator or something and run that, or even just run an offense like that because Jason Garrett acts like in coaches and calls plays like he's calling plays 15 years ago. Right. It doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's been the problem this year. Um, Cause when you look at the giants this year so far, you're like, it's really not adding up. You know, if I would have told you by week three, um, Daniel Jones is actually having a pretty solid year so far. Andrew Thomas has had a, a, a good sophomore season so far um, you'd be like, Oh, okay. So the offense is off to a good start, but that's not what's been going on. So it's, it's very strange. And I think that has, you know, the blame has to go to Garrett there. Um, I also think the giants overall roster isn't as good as we thought. Um, and I think, you know, I think Joe judge has to take blame for that as well. Well, Joe judge hundred percent has to take blame. If I told you by week three, we'd be questioning his job. I, I would have called you crazy and I'd be very upset. And I am right because I thought this guy was going to be the coach for a long time. Clearly right now, it doesn't, it doesn't right. look like that because they are a very undisciplined team, bad, tur- you know, bad, tur- whether it's a, uh, no, I shouldn't say turnovers. Those aren't on him, but the, the flags, yes. you know, I, I, it kind of sounds people want to put blames, you know, blame penalties on coaches, not specific penalties, but being, undisciplined that's on the coach right. and this team is incredibly undisciplined whether or not it's you know it's in the secondary they haven't been good at all james bradbury which i'm not surprised he's you know not playing at the level he was last season he was basically an all pro corner but i didn't think it would be this bad they're going after james bradbury right so and, and blame has to go on patrick graham as well Patrick Graham's a guy that people want, you know, interviewed to be their head coach last offseason. The Giants ended up giving him a little raise for this year to bring him back. This guy's not going to be be interviewing for any jobs next year if, he, if no. the defense keeps playing like this. No. Yeah, and when we talk about the discipline with the defense, um, you know, you could make your team run as many sprints as you want. Um, yeah. And run them into the ground, but who's that to say that 
penalties aren't going to be a problem. You know, that's, you not, know, that's no way to the, – the best team in the NFL in terms of penalties isn't the team that runs the most sprints. That's not how it works. And Judge, I, I like that Judge is tough on his guys. I, I do. You know, it's football. I don't I don't know how to coach in the NFL. I don't know if it works or not. But if he's trying to be like Belichick, when Belichick was in his prime and when he saw Belichick, that's not the way to go. When a young, And this is why this is why I think a lot of coaches under the Belichick tree don't work out is because right. they try and be Belichick while he's in his prime and they do things while he's in his prime. But you have to go back and, and look and talk to Bill and say, what did you do here when you were a young coach? Because there's a big difference between when Bill was a young coach and Bill, you know, even five or 10 years ago. Right. You know, yes, he's of course he's a tough ass. Of course he's hard to work with now. He's the greatest coach of all time, and he knows exactly what he's doing. But when he started out, he most likely he definitely wasn't the same guy. Yeah. And Joe Judge is trying to be Bill, I think, you know, while he was in his prime, and that does not work with right. guys when you haven't won anything. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, you're not going to become Bill Belichick overnight. I mean, obviously you um you take some things from him, but you're not going to you can't just take everything and try and remodel becoming Bill Belichick. That's not how it works. Um, I don't think judge is doing that either. Right. But whatever he's doing, it's not working right now. So yes, they got to figure that out. Um, Yeah. This is this giants team. They got to turn it quick and listen, they could go on another run like last year and end up winning seven, eight games this season. And, And Joe judge, his job is fine. But um. I mean, he better hope they do that because if this team ends up winning three or four games, then you might, you might, I I think ownership might be hesitant either way. It depends how the season goes, obviously. And if things are toxic and there's problems and with the players and the the media, you know, it really snowballs. Um, We can't predict the future, but I think ownership would be a little hesitant to fire another head coach. Here's the problem. Gettleman's gone most likely no matter what happens, whether they, whether they win 14 straight, I think Gettleman's gone. I think he leaves. I think he's going to step down. Yes. He's been sick. He's an older guy. I don't think they bring him back. Okay. Now, let's say Judge does enough. Like you just said, they go on a run. They win seven or eight games, and he fixes everything. Even Jones looks good. Do you fire a general manager, keep the head coach, kind of like what you did with the last hiring where – you're on different timelines now. The GM didn't hire this guy. It's, it's not, it doesn't line up. It's not good. I understand Uh, your point of not wanting to fire another coach. I agree. You have to let something, you know, you have to let somebody try and build this. See, that's tough because, you know, you don't want the head coach to hire the, you know, you want the GM to hire the head coach and you kind of want to go clean slate, but, I think if you want to fire judge, then I mean, it depends how Jones plays this year, but you might have to fire Jones. You know, you might have to get rid of Jones because you're going to get this guy, another head coach. Now he's going to, he's going to go into his third different head coach and a brand new, you know, um, and now a brand new GM. So, and now two potential high picks with your pick in the bears. And if, and I, I see that as a lose, lose, because if you, if you keep the head coach, well, you're like, okay, well, Daniel Jones doesn't have um, a new head coach now. He's still got the same head coach, so that's good. But now you're like, well, this GM doesn't really – who knows if he clicks with Joe Judge now because, you know, now they got a new GM. Joe Judge hired him technically. 
Um, and then, like I said, if you go to the other side of it and you do fire Joe judge and you keep Daniel Jones now, yes, you do have the GM and the head coach connected, but now the quarterback is under his third head coach in his fourth season in the NFL at that point. So it's kind of a lose-lose scenario. That's why you need to hope that. But even, even if Joe judge does, does do well, like you said, Gettleman's probably still gone. What exactly? What am I hoping for? Exactly. The, the, the only hope I have here is that Jones shows like he Jones shows you c- continues to play well, even improve a little bit and show you. Yeah, I'm a franchise quarterback. Like I'm the guy. Then I will say judge. Hold on. Judge stays. Right. And you bring in Kevin Abrams, who's been like the, you know, supposed to be the next general manager for the next yeah. five years. He's in house. He's an I in-house will, guy. I will say, I think that the whole I'm kind of like backpedaling on the point I just made the whole another head coach thing I think is a little overrated because if you're a good quarterback I think you can that could actually help you you know we just saw Justin Herbert have a fantastic rookie season and then Anthony Lynn got fired and now he's got Brandon Staley and the Chargers are off to a great start so I think if you're a talented quarterback no matter what you're going to succeed so if Daniel Jones does end up did you hear this I was playing with this thing I don't want it to be picked up on the mic very good okay um so I think if Daniel Jones does have a good year um, this season and you do want to move on from the head coach, because let's say Jones has a good year and they still win four games or whatever, and there's problems, um, then I think he could handle that. Um, and it all, it's, all, it's also up to the new GM. Does the new GM want Daniel Jones as the franchise quarterback um, or the new head coach? But uh, yeah, I, I, I would – Let's pump the brakes a little on the Joe Judge getting fired right now. Obviously, we're only talking talking hypotheticals, but like we said, they better pick this up because if not, then we're going to be having this conversation week after week. At this point, I'm not even rooting for them. I mean, I'm rooting for for them to win. Obviously, like rooting against the Bears for the pick, the tank, the pick. Right. I'm rooting for them for what you just said. Fix the culture of this team. Show me that. Okay, it's still a young team. You know, it's. Joe Judge is still a second-year head coach. Let, let's let it build a little more, and let's hope that we can bring back a lot of these pieces for next season. Maybe not right. just Garrett, but you know what I mean. Re- continue to build the offensive line. Continue to build the defense. Let Jones grow more. Show me that Jones is the guy. Maybe get rid of Saquon Barkley. And just no, no more dysfunction. Right. You can get rid of Gettleman. I don't know how okay I am with – Bring in Kevin Abrams. I do think this team, this franchise needs a fresh start somewhere, but it can work if Kevin Abrams can be a little different than Dave Gettleman. Yeah. Um, I think Dave Gettleman has had very, very questionable draft picks, especially in the first round. Um, Obviously the uh, Saquon Barkley pick was questionable. And now the Kadarius Tony pick, you're like, where the hell is this guy? He's not, he's not getting significant playing time at all on this team. He and, played like 40 snaps. And he's, he's not getting, he's not getting week. a lot of attention. You know, they're not, he's not getting lots of targets or anything. Um, and he's a guy who's supposed to add a dynamic twist to this offense. So, and help out your young quarterback. And that's not happening right now. You know what the funny part is? Uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard got hurt. Um, in the game on Sunday and they brought in Tony and, and like I just said Tony played the second most snaps out of any uh, wide receiver 
And they went to him. They went to him twice. And they, they got, he got a first down. He made two guys miss. Made them fall. Because mm. they, they call him a human joystick. And he's very shifty. He's, he's good. And then they don't go to him at all. I, I think this is more of a Garrett thing. Listen, if Tony, if Tony's still not on the field in a few weeks, okay, I'm I'm really questioning the pick. But let's like I want to see like yes, I want to see him on the field. But let's like pump the brakes on that pick being a bust and and plus honestly, I wouldn't say it's a bust. I'm not saying it's a bust. I just think it's questionable. It's questionable. Yeah. But either way, let's just say Tony's a. You know, I obviously don't want to miss on him, but let's just say Tony's like a third string wide receiver. I mean, a, a you know, the number three or four wide receiver. Are you bring up Aziz Olajari right now? No, that pick that the Bears have potentially with the way, especially oh, they look yeah. at Justin Fields, could look, could look looking like almost easily a top ten pick and could be a top five pick yeah. at some point. Oh, agree. So I'm I'm still okay with the trade. I'm not okay with the draft pick. I I would have went in a different direction because clearly they can't even rush the passer. Yeah, but. I mean, the Bears look oh. awful, though. You're right. The Bears look We're gonna, horrible. Definitely going to talk about the Bears in a yeah. little bit. I've had enough of talking about the Giants. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about the Jets. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do we have you to know, talk about the Jets? I mean, what is there to talk about right now? You know, like, and, and I, I, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the Jets right now, but I'm just annoyed. Like, what, what are we going to talk about? Oh, Zach Wilson has enough time to throw, but he's holding on to the ball too much, and it's, you know, um, Denzel Mims isn't playing. Jameson Crowder's hurt. It's all just – it's the same crap year after year. It's so Can your offensive annoying. lineman shut up? Yeah, you know, I don't really uh, – the thing Connor McGovern said in that DM, I don't really have that much of a problem with that. That was just someone who DM'd him and was like, yo, like, why don't you block? He's, like, cursing at the guy, at Connor McGovern. He's yeah, like, what whatever. are you doing? The Greg Van Ron thing, like, dude, who the hell are you to be calling out Zach Wilson right now? Like, you, the, you have, you specifically have played terrible. The offensive line has played horrible. I understand, and I do agree that Zach Wilson, he's a rookie. He's gonna make those mistakes um, where he's holding onto the ball too much. He's trying to get a touchdown every play and make that big play, and he needs to learn to get the ball. hundred percent agreed. Even take away the offensive line playing horrible this year, Zach Wilson has not played well. He's been making making way too many rookie mistakes. Agreed. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the offensive line has been horrible. Awful. That was they supposed to be terrible. improved as well. You know, I, I said this last time. I'm going to say it again. I think there was a little, like, a little hype around the Jets that maybe they could be better than people thought. Like, maybe they'd win a few more games than we originally thought. And I think that kind of like that narrative got in a lot of people's heads. I think – the Jets, and this is again, I would be crazed like you. I'd be like, Oh my god, if I was a Jets fan, I'd say, Oh my god, it's the same old crap. We look terrible, right. we're gonna ruin another quarterback. I'm just gonna say this I'm gonna say be patient because as an outsider, I would trust the guys running this team. I don't think Mike LaFleur's done a good job, I think he's actually done a terrible job, but it's a yes, complicated system. I agree. It's right. a very complicated system to run, so you got to give Wilson time. I agree. I, I don't. When I said that, you know, it's the same crap. I'm not. That's yes. not exactly what I meant. I just said, you know, we suck. We, I don't want to talk about this right now. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is going to be a really long process, and um, it is disappointing so far that we haven't seen little flashes. At least, you know, we're still getting our asses kicked every single week. I mean, we're ten and a half point underdogs this week, and we 
lost by more than double that. Um, so, yeah, agreed. It is going to be a long process. They are trying to adapt a complicated offensive system. Zach Wilson played at BYU. You know, he was not in a, a, a pro-ready situation, um, pro-style offense, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and it's going to take some growing pains. And this roster is extremely young. There's guys that need to develop. Um, it, it's the offensive line still needs tons of help. Um, they had, they did not address the right guard position in the off season, which, um, has been brutal. I, I think that's crucial to them. They, they, they didn't address tight end, which was horrible. They didn't address their center. Um, so, uh, do we want to blame Joe Douglas? I don't. I do, but I don't also because, like you said, this is going to take a while. So, do we need to fix all our positions right now? 2020 draft doesn't look good. Other than that, I don't know how you can blame Douglas. He was handed a really terrible situation. Right. And that's there's a reason why he gave him, what was it, a five- or six-year deal? There's yeah. a reason why he signed that deal. And listen, so the 2020 it, draft, yeah, you're right. Mims, which is – the thing with Mims is bizarre because – they are they are shutting down all trade opportunities with Denzel Mims. Teams have called. They're saying, we are not trading Denzel Mims. So they obviously see this guy fitting into this offense in the future. I think maybe they're developing him because maybe he missed that development last year. Maybe the Jets threw him into the fire. Um, and they're also trying to make him understand this system better. I don't know what they're doing. Um, it's got to be like a work, work ethic thing where like maybe he's just not there yet and they're sitting here maybe i i don't, I don't know i don't know it, it i don't want to slap that sense. label on them you know I, that's what the guys on the radio this morning said i was listening to dave rothenberg and rick dipietro but it's it's so strange right and this thing with the jets like and and rob sala and, and all coaches i shouldn't just put it on the jets oh we had a great week of practice oh mims had a great week of practice coach when you lose by 20 when you lose a game in general I don't care if you had a great week of practice. Right, nobody wants that to doesn't that. help me. What I want to hear from you, and it'll never happen from any coach in any sport or any general manager or any player, the fans, especially in this town and a lot of other passionate cities, want to hear honesty. We want to hear you be honest with us. Now, it's, again, it's not going to happen. You're not going to come out and say, oh, we looked like shit today. But, I mean, say, listen, we didn't play well. I got to look at things, and we'll talk tomorrow. Right. That's it. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I hate when they say, well, we got to watch the film. Well, honestly, guys, I don't mean to sound like I'm smarter than everybody else, but like they actually have to watch the film. Right. They have to watch the film to see what actually happened because the film can tell you some different things. We know we played football. We sat through film meetings, but yeah, oh, we're geniuses. Yeah, we we're, played exactly. We're just football. absolute yeah. geniuses. I so, am smarter um, than everybody else. Yes. <laughs> But this, like they, Mike LaForce came out two weeks in a row, said Mims had a great week of practice, right. and he's inactive. Right. Like that, that, that doesn't make sense to me. It's not like you know, oh, Mims had a great week of practice, and then oh, he's inactive. Well, you know, we have uh, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, and Jerry Rice. <laughs> no, we don't. We have Jeff Smith. So like, you know, that's not really a justifiable answer. Um, I I agree. I would like if there was some honesty, and if Michael Flair just came out and said. And, you know, Robert Sella did say he doesn't know all the positions well, so he did give us a bit of a taste of why. Um, but, you know, Michael LaFerre just came out and said, listen, we're, we have a new system. We're, we don't want to implement him in the system yet. Uh, he's not ready, whatever. Um, but I think part of that goes from um, 
you know, maybe for other teams purposes, they don't want everyone to know what they're doing, what they're building kind of a thing. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just very confusing what's going on with Denzel Mims. And if he, again, if he's not ready and the jets are getting some serious, you know, trade consideration and they're completely shutting it down, it makes it even more weird. Right. Like if they don't think he's going to fit this offensive system, you would think, okay, they'll listen to these offers. Right. But they're not. And, you know, I haven't heard this in the media yet, and I want to jump on it and shut it down before it even becomes a story. Um, if there are any Jets fans who are going to be out there calling for Joe Douglas's job this offseason, let's say the Jets win two games, it's not going to happen. Save your breath. Well, you're Joe also Doug- a clown. Joe Douglas came here. And, and listen, Joe Douglas could end up being one of the worst GMs in Jets history. You know, we don't freaking know. This This could turn out Salah could not be the guy. Zach Wilson's a bust. Everything sucks. Um, I'm not – shutting that out of the equation we don't know what's going to happen we i can't predict the future um but joe douglas when he got hired here he made it clear with ownership this is going to take a long time and they hopped on board with that and they're going to be patient just as patient as joe douglas is going to be and just as patient as we we should be jets fans i know we've been suffering for a long time and it's okay to be pissed off i'm pissed off it's just like i'm watching sunday night football my brother's a packers fan i'm watching the packers and i'm like how is it that my brother roots for this team and my football team, not only has it made the playoffs, my football team hasn't been competitive since I was a freshman in high school. So I get it. It sucks, but give it a couple years. Let us take our two first round picks this upcoming draft. Let us take our second round pick. We got for Sam Donald. Let's build this roster. And then hopefully 2020, I don't even want to say 2023, 2024. This is a good football team. You know, I watched the Packers and even a little bit of the 49ers and the Cowboys last night. And I'm like, could you imagine having a good offensive line and be able to move the ball and actually get first downs and the like, consistently? Because yeah. I couldn't even imagine it. It's been a while. It's been it, a damn long time. But when you actually look I was at 10. It's unbelievable how long it's been, JM. Like it's like both of our teams, like competence, like even in 2016 I mean, when the Giants went to the playoffs, their offense wasn't great. So I didn't feel right. good about them. Yeah, moving their defense the ball. was carrying them that year. And I mean, so what like, the hell? Like, why does it have to be that the we're literally the two worst teams in the NFL the last four years? Like, yeah. why? Why does it have to happen? We're New York. We're supposed to be the leader of everything. We have all the money, all the revenue, you know, all the money, all the attention in the world. I almost said the F word. Um, and we suck. We're the laughing stock of the NFL. Like, why? The Mets suck. The Knicks have sucked. The Islanders have sucked. Recent Thanks success, the, but they still have sucked. The Rangers the Mets even comment. haven't won in freaking 30 years. When they win 94, the Rangers, they're like, how many championships have we seen in the 2000s? The Red Sox Not, just lost. Um, choppy. Let's go. Um, did you hear me? Yeah, the Red Sox lost. Um, when was the last time we saw a championship this decade? Has there been another championship this century besides the Jets? I mean, besides the, I wish the Jets. Besides <laughs> the Yankees, the Yankees and the two Giants ones. No. This decade, no. The Yankees and the Giants. That's it. No. Oh, and in case anyone wants to say, oh, well, what about the Bills? This, the Bills are more of a Canada sports team than they are a New York sports team. Yeah. yeah, they play in New York State. But guess what, moron? When we talk about New York wow. teams, we're talking about New York City, not the state of New York. 
Plattsburgh wow. and Buffalo is not the same thing <laughs> as Manhattan. So please stop calling the Buffalo Bills a New York sports team. It is so freaking annoying. I see these idiotic <laughs> Bills fans on Twitter saying, oh, well, what about Bills Mafia? Well, we've been really good lately. You're not a New York sports team. Wow. When, 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 there's, when there's promos for the games and they're showing the Manhattan skyline, no one's showing the Adirondack Mountains or wherever the hell you guys play <laughs> and six feet piles of snow. Please, please keep going. Please stop, talking, please stop calling yourself a New York sports team. It's so freaking annoying, man. Wait, can I just say something? This might piss you off. What? The Giants and the Jets play in New Jersey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, they're 20 minutes away from New York City. <laughs> Not in the six worst hours. spot of the country. Not six hours in freaking 300 miles or whatever the hell. I'd rather, rather play up there than where the Giants. If I play. have to drive from New York City <laughs> to Buffalo and if, fill up my tank for gas, you do not play in the same market as the New York sports teams. Please stop. Yeah. Wow. That's a, good, that's a good rant right there. I forgot what I was going to say, too. I had something to say and I completely forgot it. And now you're not helping. Um, what was I gonna say? And what was I gonna say? We were talking about the Jets. We were talking about New York. Oh, you forgot the Brooklyn Nets in that. Yeah, well, they didn't win. Oh, they're gonna win soon. No, they um, haven't won yet. Yeah, the New York sports have been a joke. It's unbelievable. How many how many appearances have we had? We had the Mets in 15. We had we're talking about the the 2000s. Yeah. That's, well, listen, no, that, I didn't say the Yankees in 2000, but, you know. that's You're saying 2010 to 2000. I'm saying 21st century, but, you know, the Yankees were literally the first year of the 21st century. I wasn't even alive yet. I don't know. 20, the past 20 years, how about that? Because that cuts off 2000. Past 20 years. Yankees, 2001, 2003, lost. Mets, 2015, lost. Yeah. Rangers, lost. LA Kings. Look at you at your hockey. Yeah. So starting up soon preseason games tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a joke. It really has. Um the Nets, let's talk about sorry, did the, the Nets went to the NBA finals and lost to the Lakers, right? The New Jersey Nets. Oh, I thought I... you were being sarcastic about last year. No. No, uh, yes, they did. I, I don't know. I don't remember when that was, though. I'll find that out. Go move on and I'll tell you. Yeah, let's talk about some winning teams. Um, the Chiefs, two thousand three. Look at that. They lost to uh, the Spurs, not the not the Lakers. I don't think they lost to the Lakers too, though. Yeah, me too. They they went to another one. Yeah, maybe because they got dominated by Shaq and uh, Kobe. Yeah, check that out. They got swept, or they lost in five. Anyway, let's move over to the... Yeah, um, 2002 and 2003. I just... I'm so smart. You're a genius. The Chiefs here. Let's talk about the Chiefs because they fall to one and two. They lose at home to the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert. I mean, just unbelievable. Let's go. John Carlos Stanton just, I think... Hold on. Hold on. John Carlos Stanton, three-run bomb. Six wow. two Yanks. Look at this pitch. Wow. Oh, hold on. Never oh, mind. God. Continue. Because you know when you, like, redo MLB at bat and it needs to show you every single pitch sequence? Hold on. Can you see that? 
I mean, a little. No, it went away. Now it's uh, gone. Go away. It's gone. All right, whatever. Sorry. There you go. Yan- what? What? Any top eight? Top seven. Yankees up six two. Top seven. We're gonna talk about them in a little bit. But yeah, Justin Herbert goes to Arrowhead. I mean, that that was an impressive win, and it kind of just speaks to what we spoke about last week too. The the Chiefs' defense is terrible, and they are very beatable. And Mahomes made a lot of mistakes. He threw a couple of picks, and Tyreek Hill was non-existent, and they lose the game. And they probably feel like they should have won that game. They had chances in the end, but Brandon Staley, man, they had – it was like third and four, right? They don't get it. It's fourth and four. They have a penalty on fourth and four. They're like the 35-yard line. They don't want to kick the field goal. It's fourth and nine now after the five-yard penalty. They still go for it. They get it. They end up scoring the touchdown. And they win the game 30-24. to 24. Again, coaches are being aggressive against this team. They don't want to give them the ball back up three. They know that's not good enough. They right. know Mahomes is going to get the ball down the field, get a field goal or a touchdown. They're aggressive. They're going for touchdowns. They're going to win the games, kind of like what Harbaugh did in week two. I think that was a great move by Staley. And the Chargers are 2-1-1. They're in second place in that division. But they Justin Herbert looks very impressive. Like you said before, new system, new coach. And the Chiefs look like, again, I'm not saying the Chiefs are not going to make the playoffs. They're definitely not the worst team in the division. But their defense is an issue. I, I, I'm going to strip them from the uh, favorite in the AFC right now. I'll tell you that. Um, not until I Who'd see you say the favorite play is? better. I'd say the Browns are the favorite. Wow. Yeah, okay. I love the Browns. Um, I think you know. I think the Browns should be three and zero had they not lost that game to Kansas City. Um, I, you know, I, I think they should have ended up winning that game. But so you think the Chiefs should be zero and three? I think the Chiefs should. Be, yeah. Um, I wow. mean, obviously they ended up winning the game, so. We can't strip that from them, but uh, that defense just looks suspect. I mean, we kind of get wrapped up in the whole Pat Mahomes thing, and we love, you know, young greatness and everything like that. And people love to praise Tom Brady, and they love to praise the quarterbacks and give them all the credit. And they and, and we kind of forget about all the other aspects of the game. But truth is, you need a defense out there to help you win a championship. Like, your your quarterback isn't going to take you out. You need somebody to – stop the opposing offense your quarterback can only take you so far um and we've seen Aaron Rodgers struggle with that in Green Bay he's made it to the playoffs and his defenses have let him down and he he can only do as much as he can we've seen you know other guys deal with that um so yes Patrick Mahomes is otherworldly talented but he's not going to be able to just carry this team to a Super Bowl if this defense is giving up freaking 200 rushing yards a game they did that the first two games of the season and if they're just letting uh, people throw all over them it's if not the defense happen. is mediocre average yeah he could do that he's that good right but yeah if it, i mean they're bottom well they have to be bottom you're asking patrick mahomes to play perfect football and it's just as talented as he is it's not going to happen nobody can play perfect football you need your defense to make plays for you and now he feels like he's he has to do too much and you see the interceptions. He's chucking the ball downfield. He's got to. He's got to stop that. He did it against. Um, he did it against the uh, the Ravens, where he kind of just like flung the balls. He was going down. And that that's how these happen. things like this kind of snowball. Is 
okay, my defense isn't playing as well. Well, I got to make up for that. I got to make even more plays. And now trying to make even more plays does the opposite effect. Now you're making bad plays. And it's not like you're playing against a bad team now. The chart, and they've had a tough schedule. I mean, they've played three of the best teams in the AFC. It's freaking AC. Is do you hear that? I did hear a little. I got all distractions right now. I'm shutting this thing off. Hold on, we'll be right back. Do 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 do. Yeah, here we go. But I think I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs have played three of the toughest teams in the AFC. Some of them, they played the Browns, they played the Ravens, and then the Chargers. Yeah. So the schedule has not been. Um, nice to them. We can't. I didn't love their defense going into the year. I didn't think it'd be this bad, but I mean, I think we kind of avoided it. Um, not even in a, a, a stubborn way, just like uh, we didn't even think of it. We're so used to the Chiefs being so dominant, and you know, maybe um, the defense isn't going to be that great, right? Whatever, but whatever, because it hasn't been that great the past no. couple of years it's not it hasn't been a top 10 defense in the nfl it hasn't been bad they have some playmakers on that defense but it hasn't been bottom five in the league um and that's what it is right now so yeah um i guess we just didn't realize it and um they got to pick it up soon because it, it, it this division's looking like it's going to be really hard i think the broncos are i think the broncos and the raiders i think the raiders are a little more of the real deal than the broncos are um, I mean, the Broncos are three and oh, they played the Bron- uh, the Jaguars, the Giants and the Jets this might be the three worst teams in the NFL. I think they're probably the worst team in that division. But again, I, I think the Broncos have a pretty good roster. I think they're a pretty good team. I think the Broncos are a solid team. I think they can win eight or nine games. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to win this division at all. I don't no. even think they're going to make the playoffs. I kind of feel the same exact way about the Raiders. I think they're going to eventually fall off. I don't think they're that good. I wouldn't call this the Chargers division to win at this point, obviously. Um, but I would definitely I feel great. I definitely wouldn't say that. Uh, I definitely would say that this is up in the air, this division. 100%. It's definitely up in the air. And I mean, we project, I think I projected this Chiefs team to win 14, 15 games. They already maximum can win 15. The Chargers, the Chargers beat the Chiefs in our head. So now they're going to have that game at home where maybe that's a tiebreaker. Maybe that's, you know, for the division possibly. So that, that yeah. is huge. Yep. Yeah. That's um, not, not looking great for the, Kansas the City Brandon Chiefs, Staley but, hiring is looking fantastic so far. For the I love Brandon Staley. And I got I'll receipts tell you what, too. Uh, Mike Williams looks like a man possessed right now. He looks like the guy they drafted. What did they yeah. draft him? Like number seven overall? Yeah, the uh, Titans took Corey Davis, and then Mike Williams went, yeah, seventh. Yeah. So and, they, and he was supposed to be the number – the Corey Davis pick was a surprise. He was supposed to be the number one guy off the board. Right. Oh, Corey Davis out of the University of Western Michigan, correct? Or Central Michigan. Central Michigan, yeah. Yes. Same college as uh, Antonio Murray. Yeah, there we go. Well, what else we got here? So we talked about the AFC West a little bit. Let's go let's, on to the uh, uh, let's go on to the AFC North. How about Justin Tucker? You want to do that? Okay, we can do yeah, that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Kind of crazy that it looks like the Steelers are the worst team in that division. I know. The Ravens, though, the Ravens have that. Um, I can't believe that happened. 
Like, I cannot believe Justin Tucker kicked the game-winning 66-yard field goal. I, I just – I mean, when I saw that, you know, you saw it was online, but you were – you just figured, well, it's going to be short. And then it hits off the freaking crossbar. Um, and you're like – I've never seen that before. I've never seen a ball hit off the crossbar and, like, dwindle back into the kicking net and be good, obviously. Like, it bounced the perfect way. Like, it just – hit the absolute perfect way that you probably couldn't even do again. If I was a Lions fan or player or coach or whoever, I mean, I would be like beside myself. That is brutal. I mean, what a way to lose. Yeah. What a way. To, I know somebody that is older, of course, and is lives in New Jersey. I know somebody that ha- teased them. Okay. He teased them and had them in six parlays. Guy would have lost $2,000 if they would have lost that game. And he ended up hitting for six grand because of them. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, what's the story of that game? Is it is it good for the Ravens or is it bad for the Ravens? Because it took a 66 yarder to beat the Detroit lions. You know what I you mean? You know, they were so high off of that win against the chiefs. Like I could have seen, I could have kind of like predicted. I didn't in our picks. I probably should have think looking back on it now, maybe picking the lions plus seven and a half. Right. But you could kind of see like a little regression, like, all right, they're going to come back down to earth still win the game but it's close i wouldn't be worried about them at all. i mean i think the lions are also a little better than we thought yes just hard luck yeah well not hard luck but you know they've had a tough schedule i mean the niners packers and uh ravens that's no easy schedule and they've and they've looked competitive yeah they have they took maybe dan campbell's doing something over there into the into halftime um and then, you know, the Niners game that had that legendary backdoor cover. And then this Huge. game, it took a 66-yard field goal to win. And, you know, I think Marquise Brown um, might have the worst hands in the NFL. Bad drops? I didn't I didn't say. You didn't see? No. Oh, my God. Look, if you can, look it up. Lamar Jackson throws a, a, a pass to him right by the pylon on the left sideline. Easy, uncontested catch. Drop. Drop touchdown. Easy, like, 40-yard touchdown. And that was not his only drop of the game. He had another bad, like, obvious should have been catch that he dropped. He was so hyped up. and I never, I'm never. i proud of myself that I never bought that hype. <laughs> well, never yeah, purchased yeah, Obviously, uh, I don't know if his – whatever, his game hasn't translated to the NFL or obviously his hands haven't translated to the NFL well. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, quickly, uh, Josh Challen. Kind of had that big game we expected him to have against Washington. He had he had five total touchdowns. He went off. He made some crazy throws. Looked like the Josh Allen um, of last season. And for my Super Bowl pick, I needed that. <laughs> but um, yeah, they they look dominant. Um, they get a lot of Super Bowl buzz here. Yeah, I've it's seen fun. it lately. Like somebody did a redo. A couple of people did redos, and they both had them in. Um. I feel good about that pick, honestly. I think the Bills, listen, they they look pretty good defensively. Mm-hmm. So that that's important. And they just got to get clicking offensively. Emmanuel Sanders finally had a good game. Diggs, obviously, is Stephon Diggs. 
And uh, they, they used the tight ends well. I, they're very well coached. I wasn't really worried about them. I just wanted to see it happen. And they beat me. You know, is the Washington football team's defense not good? That, you know, it might not be. It's bizarre. It really is. And that team's in trouble if it's not good. I think the Cowboys are going to run away at that division, to be honest with you. But, um, yes, I agree. I mean, it's looked pretty bad, like subpar. I mean, they give up 29 points to the Giants. It should have been 40. They give up 40 to the Their secondary the Bills. terrible. Who would they play week one? Uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers. And they didn't score points, but the Chargers had a ton of yards. Yeah. They left a lot of points on the field. Yeah, they have not looked good. It, it hasn't been easy, but maybe like, the Giants. Lightning in a bottle last year. I don't know. Bizarre. And Ron Rivera, like, what does Ron Rivera have to work with? He, he, you know, his pride and soul and his everything that he was banking on with this team was his defense, right. you know. And if they're not good, he, he, it's not like he's figured out the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's probably lost, made it worse. He's lost his uh, quarterback that they hoped to be their quarterback this year in week one. So, I mean, he hopes to come back, but. But I'm saying, like, in general, like, even for the future, like, what has he done for this franchise in two years? Well, I mean, like you said, he, I don't think he, he hasn't found the to work with. But he hasn't found the quarterback. He was given a pretty good defense. He's made it better, but he was given a pretty good defense. Yeah. I mean, I think not, he did a fantastic job of getting that team to the playoffs last year. Agreed. But I'm just saying, like, some guys they find the quarterback, they find something like the defense isn't playing, and they don't have a franchise quarterback. Still, right. but uh, I mean, did he get hired before the draft when they picked the same year as Judge? Yeah, no, but did, was he hired before the draft? He was, yes. right? Yeah, he drafted um, young. So, yeah, um, I could understand why you want to criticize him. They haven't found the franchise quarterback yet, but um, I don't think they were looking for him. The year they drafted Chase Young, I mean, they still had hope that Dwayne Haskins would be the guy. And then this past offseason, you know, what were they going to do? They were going to trade up? I have a question. I didn't have them. I didn't have the football team as a discussion, but I'm happy we are. Mm-hmm. You can go back in time. Number two overall pick. You take Herbert, and you know what you know now. Herbert or Young? Oh, Herbert. No freaking question. You think so? Would I have a franchise quarterback, maybe future MVP, or stick with Dwayne Haskins and take Chase Young? Yeah, hundred percent. I'd rather have Justin Herbert. It's a tough one. I go Herbert a tough too. One, because Chase Young's going to be a possible Defensive Player of the Year, okay, and time winner. Justin Herbert's possible MVP, and he plays a much more important position. But overall, like we knew, like we knew Chase Young was the best player in the draft. He might have been the best player. Yeah, but you just said to me, would you, you know what you're getting? Yes, agreed. Speaking of Dwayne Haskins, are the Steelers going to at one point let this guy start a game? Because Ben Roethlisberger is absolutely horrible. It's because we didn't really touch on the Steelers that much, and like they are freaking terrible. The offense is pathetic. I mean, imagine drafting. Big Ben's a fat ass. The guy's falling oh, down while okay. he's throwing. <laughs> he really is. He's falling <laughs> down while he's throwing passes. He literally threw a, a two-yard <laughs> pass to Najee Harris, one of like 14 targets that he had. 
um, mm-hmm. and he falls down. And then he and then he's that wasn't even his worst play. He's scrambling out and he sees. I don't know if he's blind or what. He's got a, a contact popped out or something, but he's got a guy uh, open, but he actually has triple coverage on him, and he just decides to try and sneak it in the tightest window ever, and he gets picked off. Um, chill out with the Big Ben fat ass talk on. Minute. I mean, Don't they call him Big Ben boy. for a reason. I mean, he's really yeah. living up to the name. Yeah, big something. Um, so <laughs> good job. Yeah, boy. I don't. I don't think that they should go to Haskins because I think Haskins is a whole another can of worms. Terrible. So they should, probably shouldn't go to him. Is Mason Rudolph still there? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Where's Duck Hodges at? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not good over there. They gotta. They really gotta start looking for the quarterback. They probably should have been looking for the quarterback. And yeah, please. When you have absolutely no offensive line, draft Najee Harris. Good, please. Very good. Yes. Reminds smart. me. It reminds me of another team I know. Um, <laughs> and the Bengals look good. Like Zach Taylor's offense looks like it's pretty good, and they beat a good defense. Jamar Chase looks very good. Mm-hmm. Burrow, you know, we Burrow's forgotten now. I think because of Herbert. I think Herbert's kind of like taking over that number one right. player in that draft, number one quarterback in that draft. Her, Burrow still can play. He's yeah. still good. I, I think he's going to um, – I hope that Zach Taylor works out for him. I hope that he doesn't have to go through another coach and new system. But um, Burrow, I don't know, he's really not been talked about a lot at all. Right. Just please get a lime in this offseason. Yeah. Thank you. No more receivers. Um, well, we want to go here. All right, let's, let's go, go to the Ram- Rams-Bucks. Mm. Big time. Big time game. Rams. Rams- Super Bowl favorite right now. Dominate. Jeez. Super Bowl favorites right now. You know, I you remember I really liked the Rams in the beginning of the offseason. And then I took a step back because I was like, all right, I like them, but I think the 49ers have a better roster. And I thought it was going to take some time for Stafford and McVay to yeah. kind of get going, kind of like Brady and the Bucks last season, new quarterback, new system, take a little time. Has not taken any time at all. It they looks look like Matt Stafford's been in this system for ten years. So comfortable, so good for them. They are rolling. Mm-hmm. They they lose Cam Akers. So what? They got Darrell Darrell or Darnell Darrell Darrell Henderson. I call him Daryl, but Daryl Henderson. I'm saying it the proper way. Darrell Henderson. Are you sure? Is that the proper way? No, I don't know. It no, sounds okay. proper though. It sounds more yeah. pro- proper than Daryl. Mm. It sounds like. Darrell sounds like a rich guy, and Daryl doesn't sound like a rich guy. Daryl sounds like he works for UPS. Yes. Darrell sounds like a guy that owns a company. Big company. Darrell owns UPS. Daryl works for UPS. Exactly. And my boy Cooper Cup, man. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a freaking animal. That Um, connection looks great. I mean, Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Jackson's catching touchdowns like it's 2009 out there. So, I remember when they had that signing, they made that signing, and I was like, that's going to work. As long as he's on the field, like, that's going to work. I didn't think he still had all that speed, to be honest with you. They needed at least one speed, sir. Yeah. So, oh. I mean, that's working out for them. But uh, The defense yeah. looks good. The defense looks better than I expected, actually. And How come? They, they lost a couple of guys. They lost Johnson. I thought yeah. Johnson was a very – Josh Johnson was a very important part to that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think they would be bad. I just th- th- thought they would lose a step. And right. they lost Brandon Staley as well, the defensive coordinator. 
but they haven't. So I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think they're the favorites right now. If I had to pick one team to go to the Super Bowl, it's them. But I don't want this like early hype. Like I want to see this team go all the way. Right. So like I don't need this early hype with them. I hope they don't fall off a little bit. Like just come on. Right. Keep winning. Um, yeah, I mean, NFC West looks like it's the best division of all time, except the Seahawks, which I'm loving because my New York Jets got their pick. They're not looking so hot right now. No, but the de- the defense doesn't look hot. Russell Wilson looks odd. Right, but he kind of does this every year where he gets off to that great start the first half of the season and he kind of fizzles out. I don't understand the Russ hate, man. I no, I think Russell Russ is also. a great quarterback. I mean, I, when we did our quarterback rankings, I had him in the top five. Um, I, think he's he's the man. Quarter- I think he's a great quarterback, but... Great guy. I'm honestly not the big biggest Russell Wilson fan personality-wise. He's a nice guy, 100%. Good guy, does a lot for the community and whatever, but in, like his personality annoys the crap out of me. I think he's like the corniest guy in the NFL. All these like cringy videos he posts on Twitter or whatever. Uh, I'd hey, like Seattle. to meet Russell Wilson. Hey, Seattle, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> we got a deal or whatever the hell that thing was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, AFC, NFC West looking hot. That Sunday night game, Packers Niners, um, tough loss for the Niners. I think they'll be okay. I think it's going to come down to this division is going to come down to who beats each other when they face each other. Um, but obviously, you want to win as many games as possible. But Aaron Rodgers is going to Aaron Rodgers. You can't give him that much time. I mean, you knew that was going to happen. It's unbelievable. I was going back and I was watching those um those videos when uh, like when he brought them back against the Cardinals when he brought them back against the Cowboys. It's just unbelievable how good he is at that. And he, he really is like, he's still so good. Right. His arm looks like it's he's 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So they are no surprise that the Packers would be good again. Right. So they, also, they look good. You know, I don't know. Did you watch that game entirely? Yeah. The officiating in that game was awful. It was I mean, funny. It, it was actually comical. You're right. I mean, between Devontae Adams get, getting speared in the throat, basically, <laughs> by a 49er safety, then you got um, a Packers or a Niners receiver, I forgot which one, catching a ball where they literally took the ball and, like, you clearly saw the ball hit the hit the ground. They called that a catch. Um, well, I think he had, like, the control the ball. I, what? I think he, that's the new rule where, like, if I hate you control that the ball – well, you hate everybody hated the old rule, old rule where yeah, no, you know, but Keith I think Miller's now they're going in the opposite. Like they're not finding that like middle ground. It's the opposite now, where like that doesn't make sense to me. How if the ball hits the ground, like he didn't bring it in, and then like the Dez catch where he brought it in and reached and it popped out. That was like it looked like to me he was still catching him because he didn't really like bring his hands in. They were still out in front of his body, and the ball hit hit the ground. So, but whatever. Uh, that's a debate for another day. Um, Des didn't catch it either. Get over there. Des um, did catch it 100%. Des is a, you know what? Um, yeah, it, it looked like the, the refs had the spread there. <laughs> the 49ers. <laughs> but, um, they, like, there were, like, a couple of penalties where, like, what is going on? Like, ha- like what? All right, whatever. And then the four, I remember, like, they threw, like, three flags on the Packers. And then... Somebody on the Packers 
tripped a 49er. And I'm like, another flag. Like, this is getting obvious. This is crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, he actually tripped. That, no, were that, actually was, like that was legit, yeah. There were a couple where like, all right, the Packers are just being like, just they were an undisciplined team at some point. They were making a lot of mistakes. Right. But um, the defense is terrible. The Packers defense? Yeah. They had a good night. The the defensive line had a good night, but overall, like you could score, you could score on them. You could do whatever you want against them. The defensive line, though, I have to say, I have to give them credit. They were in Garoppolo's face all day, which Mm -hmm. I was shocked about because they have a good offensive line, the 49ers. But other than that, you, you could do whatever you want to that defense. Right. And then the pass rush looked good the other night. It didn't look good the first two nights, no. first two games. No, I mean, they were getting torched by the Lions. And obviously, we know about the Saints game, how bad that was. That was, you know, Roger said that was an anomaly, and I agree. People were, like, so worried about them after week one that that was stupid. Right. And they come out. They beat That's the what we do. We overreact. I find it so funny, and this is going to be a good segue into the game on Sunday night which I am just so – you don't understand how excited I am for the mm-hmm. Bucks patriots game. But the story, there was a story that came out Sunday like morning about how Rodgers really wanted to play for the 49ers. Like that rumor was true. And how LaFleur kind of got like pissed at Shanahan because they right. were like constantly like, – he was calling, he wanted them, he wanted to make a trade. Excuse me, my AirPods just fell. And <laughs> – Whatever. So I, I I read the story. It was very interesting. He did want to go there. It's his childhood team or whatever. And it's funny how these stories, like the day of, all these stories come out. Like Sunday is the day. Sunday morning before the games start is the day for the stories and the drama to happen before the games go on. And the amount of stories. I love drama. I love stories. As much drama as I can get with my sports teams, other sports teams, other players, I'm good with. The amount of drama and stories there are going to be about Belichick and Brady Sunday night. I've never looked forward to a game more than my team wasn't playing in my entire life. I cannot wait for this game. I can't, I can't agree with you. I mean, I guess I'm just like a rotten Brady hater, but I'm not uh, I get the excitement and I, no, I am excited, but I would not go to the lengths to say that like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, you're not like the most excited I am, I'm but like so excited this season, easily the most excited excited I've been. I mean, I I think the Bucks are gonna mop the floor with them. So do um, I. And I honestly don't know who to root for here, because like I said, I am a obviously I hate the Patriots and I am a Brady hater. Um, I mean, I respect the crap out of the guy. I think he's otherworldly talented, and he's you know. A, I'm not calling him the GOAT because I don't think he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen, but whatever. Um, but, you know, Belichick, I'm not rooting for the freaking Patriots. I hate Belichick um, and I hate the Patriots, but then like... If I were you, I'd root for the Bucs. I, think I am rooting for the Bucs. I think I am rooting for the Bucs. I'm, re- I'm rooting for my pick. Whoever because you know what? It does, like, Brady does get to stick it to the Patriots and stick it to the Patriots fans, which is going to be fun to watch. You hate the team more than the player because yes, the player yes. left the team. I'm not a mentally ill like that where I'm like... You know, I don't mind the Patriots. Just like those Patriots fans that love the player more than they love the team, they're actually just Tom Brady fans, and now they're Buccaneers sold fans. out for them, idiots. When I was in Boston, I was asking fans. I, I said, I said to this kid, I'm like, you're a Patriots fan, obviously. You guys sold out, sold your souls for this guy, right. and they were. He was like, that wasn't me. Like, I respect, I respect Tom. I'm trying to do a Boston. I respect <laughs> Tom, but I wasn't. I was still a Pats fan. He was saying basically, you know, like, listen, 
good for Tom Brady. I wasn't rooting hard for him. I was happy for him, but it wasn't like I was sitting there like, let's go Bucks. Right. They made it about themselves, these Patriot fans. It had nothing to do with you. He left you. He flat left you. Right. Agreed. But yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Long segment, man. We got to get into some baseball here. Well, I mean, you listen. A lot happened. Okay? Yeah, there was a lot happening. Too much so to cover, we're, honestly. We're going to take a quick break. Maybe we, this is a tease in the radio podcast world. Maybe we'll talk about some Kyrie Irving. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, let's do that. We'll be right back after this. The SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at SNDpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. Episode 36. We are back. I tease Kyrie Irving. We're not doing that because he's not worth our time. It was just a joke. Um, we do want to talk baseball, though, because that is worth our time. Baseball is hot right now. And the Yankees are hot right now. And the Yankees have been one of the most the, – probably the streakiest team in all of baseball this year. And as of right now, at the right time, they are on one of their hot streaks – as they are winning, what what do you mean we got here? Are we, we done yet? It's um, I think it's bottom eight. It's top nine. The Yankees top are up nine. seven to two in Toronto, looking really to seven. you know a sweep here completely puts the Blue Jays away. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So good start, and then we got Garrett Cole going tomorrow. So uh, hopefully win that game too. But um, yeah, I'm gonna take the floor here here real quick. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, what a sweet, sweet feeling it is to march into Fenway Park. And I mean, just have no mercy. Just absolutely, we're murdering baseballs. There's freaking, there's families of four walking down Lansdowne yep. Street trying to avoid flying baseballs coming right at them. Um, it's, it's, it's a travesty, honestly. Uh, they should shut that street down. They should rename Lansdowne Street, Giancarlo Stanton Street, honestly. Um, Here we go. And, yeah, I mean, they tried three different jerseys. That didn't work. They had their little yellow jerseys on for their winning streak. Which are L. disgusting. Yeah, gross. They put their red jerseys on, L, and then they put their white jerseys on, L. So, yeah, they uh, they should probably call Nike, do a jersey redesign or something, uh, maybe come up with another <laughs> jersey to see if they can win. But, yeah, and then they go on to Camden Yards tonight, bounce back with a big loss. Um, I'm being sarcastic. Big L to the – Orioles, Yankees are about to beat the Blue Jays. So, yeah, feeling good. Giancarlo Stanton's a part owner of Fenway Park. Um, Aaron Judge played fantastic. The pitching was great. Um, great, just really insane series playoff like feel, of course, just like Yankees, Red Sox is always is, especially in September. Um, weird stuff happening. I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck scared of a warning track. I've never seen a guy get over. Oh. Uh, twice that series he could have leaned over the railing easily and caught a pop-up but he didn't uh DJ what, what's he playing right line. field what no like the one you know like oh, the you little warning track first, by the oh, dugout yeah okay yeah um joey so gallo dropped track. the pop-up they let that pop-up drop in the infield in game one of the series so yeah just weird stuff going on but yeah like i said uh big big series went for the yankees they swept their last two series against the red sox of the season and now, um, if everything stays the way it is, the Yankees are hosting the wild card game. 
Yeah, I didn't see this. I didn't see them going in there and sweeping. Uh, it was a monumental series. And like you said, they're in position right now. If they didn't host the wild card game, we'd be surprised at this point. And, you know, they're about to put the uh, Blue Jays away tonight and could put the Blue Jays away for good. Uh, that's a terrible loss for the Red Sox. You know, they play the Orioles and the Nationals. I mean, the max games you'd want to lose is one. Right. So they have to go five straight here for this to be a good yeah. week. I mean, I would say I, I, I still – this team, the Yankees, have been so incons- inconsistent. They could, you know, go uh, one and four the last five games of the series after uh, season after this. So I don't want to say I'd be surprised if they're not hosting the wild card game just yet. Um, but yeah, the Red Sox, you can't, you have to win the next two games of the series easily playing the Orioles. Right. But yeah, Stanton, Stan, when he's hot, man, he is something and he is on, I'm going to quote Jeff Passan here. He is on one right now. I never want to hear, uh, Tony from Staten Island call in to, uh, WFAN again and complain about how John Carlos Stanton, uh, hits too many home runs. He's too big. He doesn't hit, hit a slap enough singles or whatever. I don't want to hear it anymore. This guy this, like, has carried us through several moments. Like he's his he's the clutchest. He's the clutchest player on the team too. Well, when we've seen him in 2018 and 19, his first year was wasn't his best. And 2019 it was still a great season. I mean, if you look at his numbers, it was still a great season. But it wasn't like this. Like it wasn't like this great. He didn't have the. Mo- I think he didn't have the moments either. Yeah, kind of like he, this. Season. Exactly. It was kind of. A he never quiet, got hot like this. Season. Yeah, and it was a kind of a quiet good season. And you were expecting a lot. He just came off that MVP season. He had twenty home runs in the month of August in that 2017 season. Like he was, he had 59 home runs. Um. So yeah, he he hit 38 homers, drove in 100 RBI, had like an 850 OPS. So that's a great season for anybody. But, um. You're right. He never got hot. He didn't put up crazy numbers. Um, but I mean, he's had, he didn't have his Yankee moment until last postseason, And he's had his Yankee moment about like four times or since then. So this but guy, pay- I mean, when him and judge are on there, they, everybody always says that when these guys get hot and we're seeing it right now, they are hot and they're carrying this team. You pay, you, you make that trade, you pay him. For these moments where he is, he's a streaky guy. You got to live with that. that. That's how he is. But again, when he is on, there's no stopping him. And he's been on really since all, I think Michael K said, you know, not including the three run shot he hit today since August 1st. He has like 18 home runs. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. So, yeah. He's, you're he has right. like an 1,000 OPS from August till now. The Yankee fans that were complaining about him. You're fans, but I don't want I really don't want to hear it. Right. This guy is unbelievable and he's handled every criticism about him so well. The the booing in the beginning, the, even the booing this year, people were booing him. Yeah. And he, he handles it like he handles handles it like a professional. So good for him. Yep. Agreed. Love me some John Carlo. You um what do I want to get to here next? You know, the Blue Jays are a young team, right? I I don't know. I thought they'd like stay hot and get in. It doesn't look like they're going to get in. I, I I don't they'd have to they would have had to win this series here. I mean, they're but only a game back after year. this. 
after this, they're only a game back, even with losing this. You know, the, the Red Sox just dropped to the Orioles, so they're still in it. Yeah, but I think the Yankees win tomorrow. Uh, they might grab the last game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I wanted to see the Jays. I wanted to see the Jays get in. Yeah. I understand you why, don't. you know, baseball fans wanted to see them get in. They are a young, exciting team. Um, even if they don't get I in. I wouldn't want to play them if I were you. Yeah, I would rather, I would probably rather play the Red Sox. Um, but agreed. Um I think the, the the Blue Jays have had a very successful season, regardless of if they make it or not. And I think next year you're going to see uh, they're obviously going to make some some strides this offseason, I think, to become even better. And I think they're they're really going to go for it next year, and they could be a problem for sure. Um, but yeah, young team, exciting talent all over the place, especially in the lineup. I mean, Bo Bichette, we talked about. Marcus Semyon and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but Bo Bichette has had a phenomenal season. He's got 24 stolen base. I'm, I'm, can you hear me? I'm getting a little choppy here. A little bit. I, I lost you for a second. You're good oh, okay. now. Bo Bichette, 24 stolen bases. Yeah, he's got 24 he's stolen bases. He's going to have 26 homers, 100 RBI, and his OPS is in the 800. So, yeah, he's, he's a great, great season. Mm-hmm. And he goes overlooked 100%. He gets overlooked. Excuse yes. me. Uh, something also about the Yankees, and I know you're not going to want to hear this. Aaron Boone's the guy, man. I think they're going to extend him. If the if the Yankees have a successful, you know, if they go to the freaking World Series, I'm all I'm all aboard. Whether whether or not they make the, they could miss the playoffs, I still think he's coming back. I don't know. I'm just trying. I'm just. I'm kind of tired of the whole. Uh thing about how much control he has and if he's the you know if he just works for the if he's a puppet for the um what's analytics people and everything i think i think boone does have a lot of power and i think i've been disappointed with certain moves that he's made with lineups and everything like that um but listen if he ends up pushing all the right buttons and especially if this team gets to the postseason and you know he makes he pushes the right buttons and they they make a run then Sure, give him the, all the extensions that he wants. I think Ca- I, Cashman loves him. They, I think I've heard they have a great working relationship. Right. So unless Cashman's gone, I don't think Boone. No, nah, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. Cashman's I don't think Cashman's gone. gone anyway, yeah, and so. people, well, people wanted Cashman gone. Uh, you know, a couple months ago, which is just bizarre to even think of. Yeah, I was. I was one of those people that was okay with moving on from him. Really. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that, and I was never on board with that. I mean, one of the reasons why is because one of the main reasons why they're not going to win the World Series is because they don't have enough starting pitching. I and they haven't had enough starting I don't, pitching. I don't think the starting pitching is a problem. I think the bullpen's a problem. The starting pitching is fine. The Yankees have the best ERA in the, in the American League. Is that true? Yes, I definitely don't think it's a starting pitching. I mean, you've got I don't think they have enough Cole, in the obviously Garrett Cole. Nestor Cortez has been phenomenal this season. Um, you have, uh, I think Corey Kluber is a, a decent starter for the postseason. Jordan Montgomery has been fantastic. I think Corey Kluber is your four starter in the postseason. It's pretty good. Who's your two? Uh, either Nestor or Montgomery. And listen, I know Nestor Cortez isn't no household name, but this guy's got a sub three ERA, and it's over a long span. He's not just been some fluke for over the past eight games, you know? 
I mean, he's been really good. I, I get that. He's been a lifesaver, you know, a lifesaver for this team. I don't know about throwing him in game two of a playoff series. I don't know how comfortable I feel. Why not? And the same thing with Montgomery. Well, what Montgomery do you want has been them to fine. do? Well, I'm just saying, I don't think they have enough. I don't think the starting pitching is enough for them to get into the postseason. I mean, to, excuse me, win in the postseason. But why? Like, yeah, the, obviously they're not the Brewers or the Dodgers where they have three. Like, they're going to have to score a lot pitchers. of runs. They're going to have to score a lot of runs. I don't think so. Because look at, just look at their pitching versus everybody else's pitching in the American League. The Rays don't have this no, the Rays rotation. Right, the Rays have the bullpen. That's how they yeah. operate. The Astros rotation isn't like unbelievable. Like the, the Astros have a good rotation. I don't think it's better than the Yankees. What you know team, funny? I don't even what know team what team has the Astros that rotation is. What teams in the postseason right now have that clear cut ace? The, in the American League. In the American League, the White Sox have Lance Lynn. Um, the the Red Sox, I guess it's Chris Sale right now. No, the Yankees player. have the number one guy other than... Well, yeah, no, but I'm even saying, just look at Robbie Ray rotation. is not in it, but... Yeah. Look at everyone's rotation. Nobody has, like, a fantastic rotation in the American League. The White Sox look like they did, but some guys have fizzled out. I like the Astros' rotation. But why... So, Frankie so McCullers, the, the, Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia. All right, so your, what's uh, the difference between Framber Valdez and... Um, Lance McCullers, then Jordan Montgomery and Nestor Cortez. What Lance McCullers has is more of a veteran. He's pitched in the postseason before. Well, that's not my reasoning, but I, it helps. I just think they're better pitchers than them. I mean, Framber Valdez has had a fantastic season, but so has Nestor Cortez. Like they're both. I get, like I said, I get that Cortez isn't the household name, but. The guy has a two seven nine ERA. Right, I I I agree with you. Wait, what is this? I'm trying to look up stats of Fram of Framer Valdez, and I just got the absolute like. I read a stat that basically said he was a Cy Young Award winner, but it was the wrong thing. <laughs> um, Okay, yeah. Wow, he has had a really good year, Valdez. Holy crap, wasn't he hurt? No, but can you just answer my question? Like, what is what makes you feel better about Granky McCullers Valdez versus Cole Montgomery Cortez? Well, I'm I'm looking at the numbers right now. I think McCullers has had a great year. Yeah, I, I feel better. I feel better about McCullers as my two. And I obviously one, like you know. I'm not even comparing the number one starter, but from two to five, I feel much better about the Astros. There's no five. You don't need a five star. A four, There's sorry, three or four. I feel much better about the Astros. I, don't know. I think Valdez Yankees, is. A, I think the Yankees Lance might. McCullers. Lance McCullers is a big game pitcher for them. He's pitched in big time games. He's coming in big time spots for them. So that you're right. Experience there, 100. percent Valdez is young, but Valdez had a great season and he was great in 2020. So obviously that wasn't just a fluke. He's a really good number three. I like Valdez, but if I'm comparing pitchers, I like McCullers better than Cortez. I like Valdez better than Montgomery. 
Yeah, but I think the difference between those guys is really not that much, not that big of a deal. And then obviously the Yankees have maybe the AL Cy Young right now and the, a top three, two pitcher in baseball. Like, I think the road, like, even if the, you want to say the Astros rotation is maybe a little better, which I disagree with, but you want, sure, I'll say that. It, how much better is it? The, it's not like we're talking about the Yankees rotation is, is the problem. I think it's the bullpen. And I think the bullpen actually might be able to, um, I think the bullpen might surprise people. And I don't think I'm being a homer here. I think when you look at the bullpen right now, Luis Severino, like we were saying months ago, where I said, I hope they bring him back and bring him back as a reliever. They've done just that. He has stuff looks electric. They're getting Jonathan Wiseco back soon. Clay Holmes has been one of the best relievers in baseball since they traded for him. And then I agree with you. I think the bullpen's going to shine. And then obviously the you have Chapman, actually. who's a bit suspect um, this season, but he's still a, a good reliever. And when he's on, he's almost unhittable. Um, and, I think this narrative about the Yankee bullpen a month ago, yeah, it was 100%. You were worried. You were scared. It's been very good the past month. I don't – like, obviously, you're in the back of your head, you're going to be worried about it. As a fan looking on it, I'm not worried about the bullpen. I'm serious, and I understand they've had a good regular season. I don't trust those guys in the postseason. I'm sorry. I think that'll be the downfall of this team. I'm predicting that will be the downfall of this team. All right, sure. You could say that, but I'm just arguing that, like, I don't understand what the reasoning could be. I mean, I think that's kind of a lousy argument to say, like, oh, it's just experience. Like, Lance McCullers has pitched in big games for the Astros. Like, okay, yeah, Nestor Cortez is obviously a surprise story, and he doesn't have that electrifying – He doesn't even have a hundred – Cortez has been great. He hasn't pitched 100 innings yet. Okay, but he's pitched he's pitched 88 innings, and he's been one of the literally a t- the most important pitchers for this team this year. Again, I agree. He was a lifesaver. He just you pitched against Boston. He just pitched against postseason. He just pitched against Boston in Fenway Park in a big game and gave up. He went four innings. He went four innings. Okay, yeah, they had a quick leash on him. He's not that starter who's going to go into the seventh inning. I'm not saying he's like that. And they don't need him to be like that. They need him to give them five innings. Oh, I, I hope so. And that's the way it usually is in the postseason. You, how many guys do you have in the postseason that they're going to go pitch a hundred pitches, pit, throw a hundred pitches, and go into the seventh inning, go into the eighth inning? I mean, the great ones will, and as many great ones as you have will help that. Well, my point is, nobody. I'm not saying the Astros have that many guys, but but nobody in the American League has all those great ones. The only ones I could say would be the. The Dodgers have that, and maybe the Brewers. I mean, I can make the same argument about Freddie Peralta. He's had a great season, but he's a young guy. He, he hasn't thrown a ton of innings in his MLB career with this these numbers, and he's never pitched in the postseason. Same thing with Corbin Burns. So, I mean, I get your point. I, I would understand, like, why you would be a little suspect about Nestor Cortez, but my point is, like, the, the rotation has been fantastic this year and it, it's carried the team at certain points. The rotation has not, has been the strongest unit of their team the entire season. So I'm not that worried about the rotation. We're going to see in a couple of weeks okay. in a week. And also you have to remember that game one, that series, you got to hope Cole can go two games. If you need, if need be, if you win the wild card game with Cole on the mound, because yeah. game one's not going to be Garrett Cole. Game one's going to be Nestor Cortez or Jordan Montgomery. 
I think you're going to see – I don't even know if this team's necessarily going to use a four-man rotation. I think you might see Luis Severino open a game or whoever be an opener. Let's see how really? Roy Kluber does. That's it. I wouldn't use Kluber as an opener. No, I'm saying let's see how Corey Kluber does if they if they trust him as being a starter this postseason. You know, he's, he's and and that that's even in question. I mean, this guy hasn't pitched a lot and he's been injured. But he's your four starter. And you have Ty, I mean Tyon got hurt tonight, but like they have so many weapons, they can get creative with this pitching staff. You have Jordan Montgomery. I mean, not Jordan Montgomery. You have Jamison Tyon. You have Corey Kluber. You have Domingo Herman. Right. You have Luis Heal. You have Luis Severino. Like, you have a bunch of guys and good depth, especially in the rotation, where you can use someone like Severino or Kluber, like I just said, in that Patrick Corbin Nationals 2019 role where you they're like a super reliever. You bring them out in the fifth inning or you open with somebody then you bring them out they give you 50 pitches go three four innings like you can get creative that is, that is a very good point so i mean I, I we all look for that great rotation and see who's gonna give you the most innings but that does, that's not postseason baseball and i think we kind of anymore there's only a special amount of guys in the league that can do that the yankees have one of them some teams don't have a single one of those guys. I don't think the Astros have one of those guys. Um, I think the – obviously, like I said, the Dodgers do. I think the Brewers do. Um, I, I think a, a lot of teams have um, – in the postseason, I think a, a, a handful of teams have a guy like that. But it's rare to find guys that are going to go seven innings in the postseason, and that's where managing your bullpen and getting creative comes in handy. And I think the Yankees are in a position in terms of depth where they can do that. No, you're definitely right about the fact that they can. I, I forgot about Luis Heal. You can use Heal. You can use Herman. You can use Severino. I don't know how many innings you can use Severino for, but you can use a lot of these guys late in the game. And Corbin was a weapon for them. And I guess you're right. Listen, you don't you don't have a rotation like the Nationals did, where they could throw Scherzer and Strasburg, and even Annabelle Sanchez was there for that. He was really good. So, listen, I understand. Yeah why you would say that, you know, the, they can live the rotation could be a question mark, but I'm telling you from the way this team has gone the entire year, it has the starting rotation has been the bright spot and the, the most consistent unit and the offense has fluctuated. The bullpen has fluctuated. So I think if they are going to are, if they're not going to go to the world series and win it all, it's going to be because of the offense or the bullpen. And I understand, like I said, why you would say the rotation, just because that's been the case for the Yankees maybe in the past um, and been the case for a lot of teams in the postseason. We always say that you live and die with your starting pitching. Um, so I get it. But in terms of evaluating this team and what they need to worry about the most, I would say that is at the bottom of the list. We're about to see. They are getting closer. Um, they are two games up over the Red Sox and three over the Blue Jays in the AL wild card race. When does what's their what's their E number? Um who's E number? The Blue Jays? The Yan well, the Yankees to eliminate those teams. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm pulling it up now. I don't I'm know. Five, uh, the Seattle and Toronto, which Seattle just leapfrogged Toronto. Seattle's above Toronto. 
They're and a game Seattle, back. Can you imagine that if this turns out to be Yankees Mariners wild card game? Like who the hell saw that coming? Oh my god. I know you you're rooting for that. I am not. Can can the twins is there any way we could like no move relocate the twins and switch records with someone and make them come no, the postseason? Because I there's like, no way you can get the twins there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. It's uh disappointing. That's so annoying. Um I don't want to see the Mariners in there. Yeah, I, I don't think the MLB does either. Yeah, I think they'd definitely be upset with that. And the Mariners didn't play yet. They're playing. They just started, so that they could really they tied with the Blue Jays, but mm-hmm. they can uh, they can officially jump them there. Yep. Uh, the Cardinals just won their seventeenth, uh, seventeenth in a row. I mean, what the hell is going on right now? They clinched a wild card spot. Yeah, good for well, them. I'm happy for them. Yeah, really nice story. Um, I'll tell you right now, they're not they're not doing anything though. They're they're going home. They're losing I, the Dodgers in the wild card. You would hope so, right? That game is going to be something. That it is, is going to be, be a good game. And I would love to see the uh, the Dodgers lose. Um, but even if they do beat the Dodgers, I don't think this team's really going anywhere. Um, and I, I they, mean, you like you like to be hot. Um going into the playoffs, but we've seen that, you know, no matter how hot you get, we saw with the athletics 20 years ago, their 20 game win streak. And then we saw with the Indians, their 22 game win streak in September. Like, yeah, but like, this is the last week of the season. I understand. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Listen, I'm not saying they're going on a run. Right. I'm hoping that the Dodgers are going to be my world series pick. So it's a very cool story. Hats, hats off to the Cardinals. Um, but I, I just – I think that Dodgers team is just so They're good. dead. They're done. They're done. Already. Yeah. Brandon but Belt. It is baseball, what? so you never know. Brandon Belt is going to miss four weeks with a fractured thumb. Yeah, He got hit in the hand yesterday. It's a big loss for the Giants. They're starting first baseman. I think he was hurt before already. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a pretty significant loss. They are two games up on the Dodgers right now. They just don't stop winning. Both of them don't stop winning. They don't stop winning. The Giants are the first team to reach every 10-game mark of the season. So the first to 10 wins, the first to 20, first to 30, first to 40, and so on. Like, they have been the best team in in baseball the entire season. Listen to this. Listen to the stat line from Brandon Bell. In 97 games played, he's got 29 home runs, 59 RBIs, 274 batting average, 378 on base. 597 slugging, a 975 OPS, and a 159 OPS plus. Yeah. They're, they're the fine wine giants. I don't understand. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, and Buster Posey. I don't know what they did, but they're all having great years. That's a yeah, it's a huge loss for the Giants. And again, two games up. Uh, let's see what um you know if the Dodgers can catch them. We you said before you talked about how inconsistent the Yankees are. This has been the most inconsistent season that I can remember in terms of teams around the league. I mean, the Yankees going up and down, the Red Sox going up and down, um, the Blue Jays even went have been going going up and down. The obviously the Padres up and down, and they've been right. down for a while. The Cardinals are on a seventeen game win streak into the postseason now. The Mets were up and down like crazy. Um, the Braves up and down. So 
it has been baseball. It really is true. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think that statement could not be proved more this, this season. It's been a crazy ride. And the Mets are the, the Mets went 103 days in first place and they're going to be under 500. Unbelievable. Yeah. What else we got? You, you sold on Shohei yet or no? Yes. Shohei MVP. Okay. Um, this is uh, not only a, a matchup for postseason spots, but uh, Garrett Cole and Robbie Ray, whoever has the better start, this, this series probably wins the Cy Young. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, NL MVP, we've said Harper, we've said Tatis, we've said Soto, we've said a, we've said a bunch of guys. Um, Juan Soto is my MVP. I mean, the, the month of September that this guy is having is insane. Um, I think this is one of many MVPs he wins. He's an unbelievable hitter. Uh, see what Stroman said about him? Years old. No. Stroman called him the best player in the game, the hardest hitter he's ever faced, like just complete praise for him. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got a, a 7.2 war. He's batting 321, 471 on base, 1,020 OPS. Like, he has been just absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, I want to bring up his – September stats because they are just absolutely ridiculous. So in the month of September, Juan Soto is batting 430 with seven home runs, 22 RBIs. He's slugging 744 and he has a 590 on base. Wow. These are his on base percentages by by month. So we know about the first half he had. Really didn't have that great of a first half. We weren't even considering him in the MVP conversation. Um, so 410, 387, 407. Those are his on-base percentages from April to June. Then July, 487. August, 505. September, 590. So That's crazy. those are like Barry Bonds OP, uh, on bases. So, yeah, Juan right. Soto MVP um, for me. And then my Cy Young in the NL, Corbin Burns. Yeah, I'm with Corbin Burns there. Right now I'm with Ray, but that can change if Cole has an incredible start tomorrow when Ray kind of like shits the bed. Mm-hmm. But I'd say Robbie Ray right now. Dude, I'm going back and forth here with the numbers on Soto and Harper. It is like, and you know how much I love Soto. He was my preseason MVP pick. Mm-hmm. It's, cl- I mean, it's so, it's close. It is. Harper's got the OPS, OPS plus, everything like that. The slugging. He's got a 621 slugging, Harper. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And he's bat. He, I mean, he's batting three thirteen. His on base is not. His on base is four thirty, four thirty four. It's almost thirty point, uh, thirty points lower than Soto's. Right. God, I'll be different from you. I'll say Harper. Yeah, I Can give I, it to Harper. Before we uh, wrap this up, I just want to bring up this point about if Juan Soto. Uh, and I don't think the Phillies are going to make the playoffs, so I don't know how much this is going to matter. But if Juan Soto misses out on the MVP because his team has been terrible, um, I really just don't understand how in baseball this can be an argument. And this is my, like, counter-argument to that, and I think this should shut down the conversation alone. If you look at the numbers of Bryce Harper and Juan Soto, right, and then you look at their team's records, and you're like, oh, the Phillies have had a much better year. What would what does Bryce Harper do that would, like, make his team – go to the playoffs that Juan Soto doesn't do. Like if you right. take Juan Soto and Bryce Harper and swap them and switch their years, uh, switch teams, you really think that Juan Soto and the Phillies would be like 
uh, just six games under 500. No. Either way, you're getting a guy who has a 1,050 OPS and has all these insane numbers. I really don't get how you could be like – like one guy is not going to make a team make the playoffs. It's just a ridiculous argument. This isn't football. No, I, I completely, completely agree with you. Yeah. So, that's it. I mean, so, like the one thing I'm looking at here, I, I'm just amazed by how close this race is. Like, okay, Soto's on base is 30, almost 30, it's 28 points higher, 27 points higher. But Harper's slugging is, what's 621 minus 549? Whatever, that's like 60 or 70 points higher than Soto's. Mm-hmm. And the on base and then the, the OPS. Plus. Well, I'm not very good at math, so that wouldn't help. By the way. I'm, I'm going Harper. Again, I, I hate both. I, I actually don't hate Soto. I hate Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm going Harper. Okay. And then you said you were going Corbin Burns in the NLCIO? Yes, Corbin Burns. My boy, Corbin Burns. Very good. Listen, hopefully next episode, um, I'm as happy as I was at the beginning of this episode. We'll be breaking down a Yankees uh wild card game. Yes, hopefully. Will they what what's the date? Tuesday they're playing next mm-hmm. so a week from today. Yep. Yeah. Nervous nervous all right that'll do it this is a long episode it's a good episode we will talk to you guys um on friday or yep. saturday going over our and picks. our and our we'll go over our picks and our new picks will be out on saturday or sunday on tiktok yep so we will talk to you guys later in the week